Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. This guy was pretty good back in the day. So was that guy. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's 1233 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. This is Oilers Now. And we'll tell you that guests on the show receive your certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that Oilers Now sent you. Oh, yes, they did. Making two trips downtown in the next two days, Brendan. I haven't been downtown for about five or six days. Not since Saturday. Last I, I can't remember the last time I actually drove into downtown Edmonton. It's been four days. But uh, going there today, going there tomorrow. Gonna go see. You want to come? You want to meet us tomorrow? Who's us? Oh. I mean, if you're getting, uh, if you're getting a meal, I just might have to do that. Uh, you'd have a good time with these guys. They might know more about hockey than me. They don't know more about hockey than our next guest, though, so we go off to our our Oilers Now headliner. Brought to you by Touchback Safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. It's the NHL bye week. I'm not actually sure where we're getting hold of Louis DeBrusque. Louis, where are you right now? Well, I'd like to be in Costa Rica right now for 10 days, but unfortunately I'm not. I'm here in, in Evanston, Alberta, so... I spent an hour shoveling yesterday, as I'm sure a lot of Edmontonians did the same thing. But, uh, yeah, I decided to stick around, Bob. How about you? Are you going anywhere? Well, a little late now, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess, well, it doesn't start till next Wednesday, so you still could get away for the weekend. Not which a we chance. also considered, but no. But you know what? Just wanted some, some downtime, and uh, it's been nice, to be honest with so you. So you the weather hasn't quite cooperated. So you don't have a like a neighborhood kid that you would pay to because that's when I was when I was fifteen and sixteen I shoveled like six different houses on my block when I lived in Ermanskin when we moved. Not a bad the, gig. Not a bad I'm, gig. You know what? Especially this last couple winters, you could have been uh, pretty busy. You would have had a lot of people wanting you to shovel. Oh yeah, yeah. I, you I know ha- what? We've got uh, we've got three able bodies in the house, so you know we're uh, we don't mind doing a little shoveling. Okay, okay. Wait, we, wait, did, wait, we, wait. we did have snow removal a couple okay. years ago, and it was a. Uh, it was a it was a blessing. It was unbelievable. But uh, that company went went under, and they they didn't do it any longer. So, uh, which we understood, but they were great. They were fantastic, and it was kind of one of those things that uh, it was a novelty are, for us. Are we you used to do it ourselves? Are you telling me that Cindy and your daughter both shovel a walk sometimes? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. really? Okay. Well, yeah. I know who's not enjoying this conversation as we speak right now. Yeah, it seems like I got. Uh, 
I got the short end of the stick, though. I got the heavy snowfalls for some reason. Yeah. You don't... But yeah, I don't... Yeah, I... It was so, a good one yesterday. Uh, so I've outsourced this. Actually, my wife has outsourced this because of our travel schedule. So we have somebody that shovels it for us. I, I, a nice young 16-year-old fella does it for us in our neighborhood. So it's Absolutely. Probably doesn't half the time it took me to do it yesterday. Uh, he's, a base, he's a baseball player. He can do it. It's all good. So there you go. Uh, hey, uh, so lots to get to. Uh, the, all, the All-Star game, we've talked about this before. You used to chuckle, right, because, you know, the Stars had to go. The rest of you guys got a little bit of time off at the time, right? We used to book ours months in advance. <laughs> we had no problem booking our, booking our trip somewhere wherever we were going months in advance because we knew there was no chance in ever that we're going to be going to an all-star game. But then John Scott came around and, and ended up going to an all-star game. So he probably changed it when that voting in process come guys were a little more leery to book, but yeah, no, that was, it was a break for us. And I agree with what they're doing now, Bob, you and I have talked about that as well too. I think the stars deserve a little extra, the bye week in conjunction with the all-star break, I think is perfect for the players. It gives everybody a break. And when the top players come back from the All-Star break, typically they would get a practice or two off too, but it's just not the same. Now, there has to be that little break in the schedule where guys get to just be on the same level as everybody else. They're almost getting punished for being the best players in the league. And I don't mean that negatively. Listen, the All-Star game is, is fun. You, you've heard the comments. Guys like to go to it. They're hanging out with their peers, the best players in the game. The interactions, the time you spent is priceless. But... Um, for a guy like Alexander Ovechkin who's been to however many All-Star games, it's like, listen, I'd rather take the rest. And he's even forfeiting a game to take the rest. So um, there, there are some players that have different views of it. Uh, if, you, if you're nursing an injury or two, it, it, it becomes a problem. You see Austin Matthews is about out of the All-Star game. Now, like here, it's, it, There's so much that goes into it. But for us, the guys that were never going to go to an All-Star game, we, it was a break for us. Yeah. Um... All right, a uh, couple things just on that. Hey, uh, after tomorrow's skills competition on your network, on NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet, whatever it takes, we're going to have Don Metz on tomorrow. We had John Shannon on, as you know, already to talk about this. John actually tipped me off that it was going to come. I did not know until Monday afternoon that it was on on Friday night, uh, the the documentary. I Have you seen the trailer for this thing yet? I did, yeah. You know what? I, I swear, I, I watched it a couple of times actually, and I had no idea it was that <laughs> extensive of a recovery that he had to go through. I truly did. I, I, you know what? It was some. I unbelievable. That's probably the, you know, the most amazing thing is that he was able to keep that on the real DL, on the real DL that he was going through. That we knew that there was something was no question. Some... Yeah, there's no question. We knew it was a substantial injury. Yeah, but it was one of those things where it's almost a privacy thing where you're like, listen, the guy's suffering from an injury. You let him recover. You let him get better. Um, all indications were it was progressing the way it should progress, and there was talk of him being ready for the season, which he did. So just like any injury, there's always a timeline. There's always a goal you set to get back at a certain point in time, but I, I got goosebumps watching that. I don't know about you, but I found that really remarkable and just the dedication and the, the work that he put in to get back. I'm looking forward to watching it because that was a very substantial injury. And I do remember I did that game when he went into that post and uh, that place went dead silent. You know, yep. even it was even though it was in Calgary, you don't want to see the best player in the game get injured. And um, you know what? I remember him I could I remember him mouthing the words to T D four is I think my leg's broken. I think it's broken. Like he, he knew yeah. it was a, a serious, serious injury. And this guy's got a pain tolerance that's off the charts. 
he really does. I mean, he you know, when he broke his collarbone, he stood up, skated to the bench. It was almost like, oh, my shoulder's a little sore. It's a broken bone. And this this guy battles through a lot of stuff. But uh, that was a substantial injury. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. It's going to be a real, um, really interesting to see how he did that because that's amazing to me. Well, and and maybe we should, like, then most of the listeners are fairly attuned to this, but Connor basically pretty much has to do an availability every game on a home uh, game day, right? He does sort of a yep. scrum to start, but that's not the time to get into a deeper conversation. And, I mean, it's it tends to be, you know, it's it, it usually is somewhere between a minute and a half to three minutes. Uh, it's usually driven by a couple of the television reporters, ask him a couple questions on that game. They're looking for their seven to ten second soundbite. Um how many times have you and like just in the in the course of the first in the course of the first half of the season have, have you and Kevin because sometimes you guys ask for a private two or three minutes after yep. but it's you know it's it's one of those situations where because guys are on him every day and then wherever we go on the road for the first time that season he has to do an availability yep. you know it's it's not it's not like I do think he was pressed a little in terms of where he was at in his recuperation in the preseason. But he was very, I wouldn't say terse, but to the point. And is, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like he didn't really. Player. He'd be a good poker be, player because he, he keeps things tight to the chest. Yes, yes. Right? He doesn't mess around. He's, uh, you know what though? Uh, good for him. I, I, the one thing that that stands out to me, and it was in it was in the teaser, was the first game against Vancouver. And as the game went on, he progressively started to get better in the game. And then he scored the game-winning goal with that beautiful goal. He split the defense, went in and shelved it. He had a really candid interview with Scott Oak afterwards. And I said to Scott after the game, I said, that's the the most candid I've seen McDavid be in a long, long time, like where he was genuinely, he just looked at him and said, that goal meant a lot to me. Like, you don't understand. And we did understand. That was the amazing thing is that I was like, well, listen, we know you went through a big recovery. We know you went through a lot of rehabilitation to get yourself back and ready to start the season. Uh, you did. You declined the surgery. You wanted to do it a different way. I mean, that's you know, that's that's impressive in itself. And then to go out there and score that remarkable goal in the first game, he, it was a real. It was a real. I, I tell you, I think there was some real uncertainty there from him. I don't. I don't think he really knew if he was going to be able to get back in time and how that knee was going to react. I mean, there's a lot of question marks there. And listen, he uh, more so than anything, which what that shows me is this guy doesn't want to miss anything. He yeah. doesn't want to miss one game. And that's that's remarkable. That's why the greatest are the greats, because they just have such a desire to be in the game. Louie, I must have said it, and I know we talked about it, 50 times in the first month of the year. I can't believe how blank and good this guy is right now. <laughs> how many times did I say strong, that to you? you know, how many times I, did I like, we'd be sitting there and I'm like... Can you believe how well, good he is right now? Like it's unbelievable. Where we don't even have to say it. You just have to look. At I know, but co- can you believe what we just saw? Like, I know, but it, it was different because, and and now we realize the injury was actually more severe than we even thought. It that that's the point. Like I'm like, you know, I've talked yep. to some, like I know some guys that do this kind of stuff. They can't believe how good he is, and well, at the level that he's at. Was it two years ago? Um, that he got sick at the start of the year, came out, had the hat-trick against Calgary first game, and then he got sick. He got healed, and a bunch of things started to happen to him where it was yeah. it was like almost a month. And we had a couple writers, that, we had, we had a couple writers I, that did not yeah. travel on the trip and missed the Friday practice in Edmonton, and he missed the practice, and then he went into Dallas, and he was sick as a dog, yeah. and he played his way through it, 
he ended up having on like, his frame. He lost like twelve or fifteen pounds, I think. He, uh, and yeah. he played through it, and yeah. he played through it. Now I think I heard him later on, but you know what? Again, I think we should stop questioning this guy's desire and will. Uh, if there is any questions there, I mean, I don't question it. I watch the guy every single night, and I'm like, you know what? You can count on one hand in his career where you said maybe he had an off night. Okay, just an off night, which doesn't mean that he wasn't still dynamic and still created a lot. It was just an off night. That's incredible when you look over the course of his career that that's all you you can bring up five games where you say, you know what? He kind of had an off night there. Maybe the puck wasn't bouncing his way. Maybe he wasn't feeling it, whatever. I mean, in in five years of, of almost five, those four and a half years of playing in the NHL, that's that's the most impressive stat to me. He just brings it. He brings it every game. Well, he's 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 marginally behind points per game to the to the games that he's played, where Crosby was at. He's infinitely ahead of him five uh, five v five scoring right five on five scoring. Yeah. And of course, Sid came yeah. in the first two years that Sid came in. Power plays were off the charts coming out of that lockout year in 0506. Speaking the penalty kills adjusted. Yes, the penalty kills adjusted and they stopped calling as many. And that's where I'm yeah. going to go next. I don't know if you saw yeah. what I put out today. But I, 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 I mean, didn't. Sorry. All right. I'm well, kind of in down mode right now. That's okay because you're in Costa Rica. You're, you're <laughs> in any, my mind. Yes. In my mind right now. All right. So the the play, the athletic did a poll of the players. Over 400 responded. 63% chose Connor McDavid. The overwhelming choice is the best player in the league. That does not surprise you or me, right, Louis? Nope. Here we go. Here's what's surprising. Connor McDavid, Louis, is currently 69th in the NHL in net penalties per 60 minutes played at even strength. So, in other words, penalties drawn minus penalties taken. He's 69th. And like, Eichel's in the top 10. Uh, McKinnon's in the top 20. Um, the two Kachucks are both ahead in net. In <laughs> They're net. in the thick of things, that's for sure. Well, and so, yeah. but they draw, you know they draw more penalties, draw than, penalties. They draw more penalties than they take because, guys, Brad Marchand is another agitator. And... I've had people. His calls have gone by the wayside, though. If you looked up him, I'll bet you he would not be on the positive scale. I bet you'd be on the negative. Who's that? Marchand. Marchand. Oh, no, no. Marchand's on the positive side. Consi- almost, he is on the positive side? At even strength, almost two to one. He's almost had twice as many calls for him than against him. Really? So, I think he. I actually think he deserves more calls, too. Yeah. I, he's a guy that, for me, when I watch those games, on a, which I watch every game, yes. uh, I'm surprised at what they get away with it. And yes, he should get called more too. I'm not saying that he shouldn't get called more. What I'm saying though is he should certainly draw more penalties as well. Yeah. So I'm agreeing with you. The top players should draw more penalties. They have the puck all the time. Anybody that plays with the puck as much as they do and are that tight to the coverage, that tight to the defender. Marshawn will use the body, bumps off guys, he yeah. spins. McDavid's the same way we've talked about. He just does it at lightning speed. And I do believe We've talked about this throughout the year. I think it gets missed. I think those little clutches, the little hooks, the little you know grabbing of the sticks and all that, he gets missed because he's blowing right through people. He's o- he, he also doesn't, doesn't flop. No, he never flops. That's right. the thing, too. And, I, and I, I honestly don't want him to flop. I truly don't want him to flop because I think the longer that he plays this game and the more he plays that game with that edge and with that intensity, I do think that the officials will start to just say, you know what, we can't. This guy just needs more calls because he's doing just too much. And it should have happened already, in my opinion. He's put up three consecutive 100-plus point seasons. You'd think it'd be like, okay, you know what? He is the best player in the game. He's the fastest player in the game. And every single team has a plan of attack to try and shut this guy down. Every single game, they try and 
interfere with him in the neutral zone. They try and get closer to him. They try and get away with as much as possible to try and deny him space, speed, everything, Um, which all top players receive that, by the way. But he receives a little extra attention. He's one of the few players in the game, and I mean few, that a coaching staff will actually have a discussion specifically about that player in the dressing room. Well, they'll say, listen, we always worry about ourselves. We worry about our system. We worry about what we're going to do in the game. When you're playing the Edmonton Oilers, and Leon Dreisaitl's climbing into that category too, yes. we have to be aware when these guys are on the ice. And if they're on the ice together, you better really bring your A game against them. And wow. that's just the reputation they've developed with their good play. Yeah, and McDavid, uh, I know TSN had a ranking of the top players in the league. They had McDavid at number one, Leon at number five. Uh, I think two things work against McDavid. Uh, I think uh, he's, not, he's not a flopper, so he doesn't embellish things, and he's not a chirper. And I used to think 20 okay. years ago nobody liked whiners, and I think today actually mm-hmm. we have seen in society that if you whine, you seem to get things done, right? The, the squeaky... Uh, the, the squeaky wheel really does get the oil today, and it's a different yeah. term. Like when you played, Louis, I'm not convinced if a guy sat there and chirped at the refs, the refs wouldn't just turn around and tell him to go blank himself, right? Like, oh, yeah. No, they would give it right back to you for sure. Right? They do give it back the odd time nowadays, too. I've seen it a few times being down there at ice level where some of the officials have gotten pretty heated. They have to be careful now because there's a million cameras and microphones. And, you know, listen, it's a little more – It's they have to kind of make sure they're doing it the right way now. But – it's a heated game. No, no different than the players. The officials and players get into battles and stuff happens all the time. I will say this, though. I think that you don't see Connor talking to the officials that much. I think that that's something that he can maybe change, to be honest. He can maybe have a little bit more of a conversation, go over there and say, hey, how you doing? You know, build up that relationship and go about it a different way. I think that the great players in the game, and Gretz, I always think about Gretzky. He was one of those guys, listen, he complained. He put his arms up in the air. He'd look over if he didn't get a call that he didn't like. But he had a great reputation of being, you know, available to talk to. He was always there to talk. And make no mistake about it, the officials in the game are fans of the game, too. And they're they, human. They, and yeah, they're they human. love the greatest players in the game. They love the skill level. They love the tough guys. They, they love everything about the game. They really do. I know that we look at these guys as villains a lot of times, but they're really not. They're true hockey fans, too. Uh, they want to get the right call. They definitely want to get the right call, and they certainly want to make sure that they're giving the best players their due if they deserve more calls. And I just think if he continues on this course, um, he'll eventually find a way to you know, have those conversations, make sure he's putting a bug in the referee's ear every once in a while. Like, listen, this guy's doing this every night to me. Like, you plant the seed to the official. I've seen it happen. You know, and I'll, I'll use Kyler Yamamoto as a young player. You know, and it was more out of questioning, like, hey, wait a second, isn't that interference? It wasn't like, hey, that should have been an interference call. You went to the official, and you could see him kind of describe and go, I kind of thought I was interfered with her. Is that not interference or am I way off? little conversation ensued. Down the corner of play later, he gets a penalty drawn on him. Well, and, know, and we should mention, and, for full clarity on this stat, uh, this is net penalties, that both Gaetan Haas and Joachim Nygaard have superior numbers in terms of net penalties drawn versus taken than Connor McDavid. So those are smaller guys, lighter guys, that get when they get picked and interfered with, they go down, and there's calls in those plays. And McDavid, on some of his penalties, those are penalties. But I think some of those well, penalties, I think he's being I'll held to a different standard in terms of when he reels guys in than when guys reel him in. And that's what is yeah. the frustration. And I'll tell you this, too. Leon's in that category, too. Leon's a big, strong guy that bulldozes through a lot of stuff. You see him just fling sticks off of his yeah. body like it's no big deal. That's not that easy to do. But he's not he drawing made, a lot. He's yeah, not, he's yeah. not drawing superior numbers in this unique so, stat either. So, 
so think about that. Think about how big he is, how strong he is, how powerful he is on the puck. And, you know, I'll think I'll go back and I'll say, listen, we we compare him a lot to Andre Kopitar. Andre Kopitar is the same way. He gets that puck down low in the traffic. He just bulldozes through people, and he's able to hold onto that puck and just kind of, you know, diesel himself through things. Um, unlike a lot of players, Evgeny Malkin's another one. Uh, big guy I'll put in that category. Those are extremely great players that I'm putting Leon Dreisel in that category because that's the way he's playing right now. In the last few years, that's the type of game that he's played. When he's on top of this game, he's a force to be reckoned with. And the thing is, he's not going to get those penalties either because he makes it look so easy. He goes in there and just bashes a stick away from his arm, whereas a lighter, maybe not a strong guy, goes in there and gets a little jerk to the arm. And it's, it's an indication to the referee that infractions happen. He literally doesn't even show that he's been hooked. You watch him watch it now that I've said that. It's unbelievable how much stick work he goes through as well. You know, I don't want anybody to embellish. I truly don't. I don't like that aspect of the game. I really don't like it. I just think you should continue to plug forward, and, and hopefully over time you gain that reputation and respect as a guy that doesn't do that, and you'll start to get the calls more so going your way. By the way, the two players, uh, again, courtesy of Natural Statric, uh, the, two player, the two best players in the top ten, Jack Eichel's fifth, and uh, Dylan Larkin's ninth in this category. Haas is sixth, and Nygaard is 11th, because they don't take a lot of penalties themselves, so that's yep. part of the reason why. Pretty All right, very quickly, guys. Yeah, one final question for you, Louie. Five teams within one point of first place in the Pacific Division. How many teams make the playoffs out of the Pacific, and do the Oilers make it? I wish I had that crystal ball, but I, I got to tell you, it's going to give you kind of a smile on your face when you look at the Pacific and one, two, three is Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary. Right now, if it was to go to the playoffs, it'd be a battle of Alberta, which I think everybody would be very happy with and be excited about. Listen, I, I'm happy that, uh, number one, there's Canadian teams there in the mix. Winnipeg's only a couple points out from the wildcard position. I believe they're four points out from their, yeah. their divisional position, so they're climbing up, and they've had a little bit of an up-and-down kind of stretch here where they want to get going, and they're right there on the doorstep. Yeah, I do think they make the playoffs. Uh, to answer your question, a long-winded verse, yes. I do believe they make the playoffs. I think it's going to be a dogfight to the end, but I really like the way they played going into the break. And I just think, as we've talked about this entire show, number 97 doesn't want to be denied, and neither does 29. And I think those two guys especially um, are a real catalyst to this team. When they're going and they're, they're working the way they should be working, they're a very difficult team to play against, and they've really tightened up structurally a bit in the last little while, which they're going to have to down the stretch because everything's going to ratchet up on the home run stretch. Hey, Louie, Cindy just texted me, and she said, hey, can you end this interview with Louie so he can get back out there and start shoveling again? So, <laughs> Is it snowing again out there? Oh, don't worry. I'm, I'm the dog walker and shoveler. All right. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm okay with that. Well, I'm all some, right with that. Sometimes those jobs are combined, too. Thanks, Louie. Take care. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg... This is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for 
That's Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey on Rogers. We'll take a quick timeout, come back uh, with NHL Today for Elite Promotional Marketing. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's 12.57 in Edmonton. Let's go to NHL Today, brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing, building tailored branded programs where your order is done on time, every time. Elite Promotional Marketing. Here's Brendan Escott. All right, well, the All-Star break is upon us, and that means no hockey league-wise until Monday. I apologize for that, but you're right. It makes this a little bit shorter. Longtime NHL defenseman Mark Mathot told an Ottawa radio station he is probably done playing hockey. If that is the case, he'll finish a veteran of 13 NHL camps. 624 games under his belt. You were talking about it earlier, Bob. Professional Hockey Writers Association Comeback Player of the Year. William Nylander was voted there as the uh, the player at the midterm poll. Now that vote, according to Frank Saravalli, took place before it was widespread knowledge about the extent. How, how is and I know Jason Stradrick referenced this on Twitter as well, but how exactly is Nylander a Comeback Player of the Year? He <laughs> he sits out. He stinks last season, underperforms, uh, wasn't there come crunch time for the Leafs in a seven-game series where if, if they had a little bit of juice from him in one of those games, maybe they knock off Boston. Like, is playing crappy considered, like, I would think overcoming an injury or a difficult personal situation, uh, not getting your contract done, I don't have a lot of empathy for that. I, I, I respect the players making as much as possible. But seriously, man, is this like a Toronto-centric thing that's going on? I don't know. Well, let me explain that for you right now. The TSN headlines, if I may call them out. That was number one. William Nylander is comeback player. And about four stories down is where you found the Hart Trophy winner, which is Connor McDavid. So that tells you everything that you need to know based on a midterm poll. Oscar Kleffbaum garnered some votes for the Lady Bing. Actually, James Neal uh, got some votes for Comeback Player of the Year, and Tristan Jari was third in Vesna voting, so impressive stuff there. Stuart Skinner, Bakersfield Condors, you heard about them with uh, head coach Jay Woodcroft there. Up next, two road games in Tucson tomorrow and Saturday. The Oil Kings fired 62 shots on Swift wow. current goaltender Isaiah Delora in a 5-3 win last night to open up their road trip. Uh, they are in Prince Albert tomorrow, Saskatoon on Sunday, and the U of A Golden Bears have that home at home with Calgary this weekend. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell for Canadian Power Pack. Brian Burke up next. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.